Well, hello, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Doing well? High five. <laughs> well, welcome, everyone, no matter where you're watching. If you're li watching live during first service here in person, online, hello to you. If you're watching live during second service, hello to you. If you're watching on our YouTube, hello to you. And on our podcast, hello to you. So many places where you could be watching. So awesome. Uh, so glad to have you guys here. And as Pastor Susie said, my name is Pastor Amanda. I am the executive and music pastor here at God Squad Church, and I also have the privilege of serving on the lead team. Uh, it is an incredible, incredible team that is such a privilege to serve on, so that is pretty awesome. And usually you guys will see me behind my keyboard over here uh, leading worship, and today I actually have the honor and privilege of sharing a message with you. <laughs> so it feels very different to not have a keyboard in front of me. Uh, I feel a bit exposed, not going to lie, because uh, I usually hide behind this whole setup over here. Uh, but that's okay. It's going to be awesome. And uh, for those of you who were here with us last week, you listened to last week's sermon, uh, you might remember that Pastor Susie introduced a sermon series on spiritual disciplines. And not only that, but today we are entering into a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so our hope and prayer for you is that during this season, during the season of prayer and fasting, uh, during this series of spiritual disciplines, that you all will just grow closer to God, and you will just dive deeper in your relationship with Him. And that's our hope and prayer for all of you today. And to today, uh, as we're on this series of spiritual disciplines, I'm going to be talking about the spiritual discipline of worship and answering three major questions about worship, starting with, what is worship? What is worship? Uh, we're also going to talk about why do we worship and how do we worship. But we're going to first start with what in the world is worship. <laughs> we're starting there today. And some of you may have heard the term worship. Maybe you're aware that it's a religious term. Um, it's something that maybe you know what worship is, but you don't know why we do it or how we do it. Uh, maybe you think worship is simply the time where we just sing songs during a service. Uh, whenever you see me come on screen and have you all stand and sing along, maybe you think it's just sing-along time with Amanda. Um, and that's part of it. And maybe you've had the opportunity to experience a worship service where you've attended worship in person. And maybe through that experience, you've encountered something along the lines of this. We're going to have, there we go. I have some memes to share with you today where the worship pastor is saying, lift your hands to the Lord, and the entire congregation is just like, what? <laughs> what, what are we doing? Like, why? Like, this is weird? Like, why are you, why, why are we doing this? Uh, the second one is one of my favorite worship leaders be like, I said, lift your hands. Because sometimes worship, we can get really passionate. And we just want everybody to just dive in and to raise their hands. And so maybe you've encountered more of like a passionate worship leader or pastor where they're like, come on, let's just raise our hands. And you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I will do it. Um, or maybe you've uh, been in a worship service and you're like, why do all of the worship leaders Leaders, their hair. Why does it always look like this? And maybe some of you, like, you're literally thinking of a specific person. Maybe there's like a really well-known worship band from a big worship, uh, big church that you know of, and you're like, I know they rock this hairstyle. <laughs> and you're like, why? Why do all of the worship leaders, why do they look like this? Is this like a special dress code that they have to follow? And then my favorite, my favorite is the skinny jeans the skinny jeans cling to God like skinny jeans on a worship leader. If you take away anything from today, I pray that you would take away that you should cling to God like skinny jeans cling to a worship leader. And I stand before you today wearing 
my skinny jeans. I am hashtag representing my fellow worship leaders. Hey. <laughs> um, I, love, I love my skinny jeans. But in, all of this is fun. All of this is fun. And maybe these have been things that you've you know, thought. Maybe you've poked fun at worship leaders or just the worship experience. And everybody's experience is different. Um, but what I really want to communicate today is that, yes, worship is a part of the songs that we sing. But it's not just that. It's not just the songs that we sing during service. Worship is a lifestyle. And here we're diving in to my first point. I'm going to read Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now, some of you may have read in the Old Testament, maybe you're familiar, that they used to offer sacrifices. They used to offer animal sacrifices to the Lord, and then when Jesus came and he died on the cross, we no longer had to do that. He, he set us free from those rules in the Old Testament. And what Paul is communicating here in this scripture is that our lives are meant to be a living sacrifice. And what that means is literally everything we do, everything we do, everything we say, everything we think is an opportunity to be an act of worship to the Lord. Our lives are meant to be um, a living sacrifice to the Lord. Our worship is our lifestyle, how we live. And to go a little deeper than that, 1 Samuel 15:22 says, But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of arms. And again, it's, it's not about just doing the sacrifices or the rituals. You know, we just did communion and all of these things are good. We should live our lives and have everything we do be an act of worship to the Lord. But it's not just simply going through those motions and having everything on the outside look good. It's about, you know, do you have an obedient heart? Where is your heart through all of this? You know, yes, you can, on the outside, you can do all the right things, you can say all the right things and have your lifestyle be an act of worship, but it doesn't just stop there. God wants us to do all of these things with an obedient heart, and that matters more to him than all the things that you can do, say, think. It very much matters where your heart is. Everything else is meaningful meaningless unless we mean it on the inside, unless we're doing these things out of a heart of obedience to God. And so that's the first point. What is worship? Worship is a lifestyle. Second, worship is intimate. Matthew 15, 8 through 9 says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. God wants our hearts to be close to him, and it kind of goes hand in hand with what we were just saying, that God wants an obedient heart. He doesn't want us to just go through the motions of life and be far from him, be distant from him. He wants us to be close to him, to, to, to just cling to him in every way that we can. And the way that I like to explain this is like a marriage. Uh, say I'm married to Pastor Susie, and we can go through our lives, and we can go through the motions of life. We can go to work. We can have dinner together. We can clean the house. We can ask, honey, how was your day? <laughs> you know, and have all the shallow, surface-level um, aspects of a relationship, but then we can miss those intimate connections with one another if we're not connecting on a deeper level if we're just basically kind of living like roommates <laughs> you know a marriage is very different than just living with a roommate and a way that you know say for example pastor susie and i we have that more intimate connection is we just we just talk with one another say we're just you know at nighttime we're just laying in bed and just opening up to one another sharing our hearts pouring our house out, hearts out to one another and just talking through our feelings how many of us love to talk about feelings but that's how we get intimate you know we open up and let one another in and this 
same thing is true with your relationship with God. He doesn't want you to honor him just with your lips, but on the inside to be far from him. He wants you to be close to him. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you. In our third point as to what is worship, we're also going to talk about praise. Praise is preoccupied with who God is and what God has done or will do. It's all about who God is. And worship and praise, those are two terms that we hear often in the church. They're, they kind of go hand in hand. And I'm going to share the definition of praise. And the definition of praise is expressing warm approval or admiration of someone or something, or to glorify someone or something. Psalm 54, 6 says, I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. Exodus 15, 2 says, The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. And here we see the word exalt, and for some of you who are like, what does exalt mean? <laughs> uh, so I'm going to tell you, the definition of exalt is to hold someone or something in very high regard or to speak highly of them, and we should exalt God above all things, above all people. No one should be exalted higher than him. And that is what praise is all about. It's all about exalting who God is, thanking him for who he is, what he's done, and acknowledging how great he is, and thanking him and giving him all the praise and the honor and the glory for who he is, how great he is, how wonderful he is, and for all the things that he has done and will do. And it's a very important for us to understand, first, what is worship. And so, now that we know what praise and worship is, uh, maybe you're still like, okay, that's great. You know, now I know what praise and worship is. I don't know why I took out my guns, <laughs> my little finger guns. But now we know uh, what praise and worship is. But now maybe we're wondering, okay, why? Why do we do it then? Why do we do it? And it's important for us to understand um, that while worship is a spiritual discipline, it's not just enough to understand what it is. We need to truly understand why. Why do we worship? And my first point for why do we worship is that we were commanded in his word to do so. It's as simple as that. We are commanded in his word to do so. Psalm 151 through 2 says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. And remember, again, God is looking for an obedient heart, and his word commands us to praise him, and he wants us to praise him. He wants us to praise him, and we should praise him with that obedient heart, drawing close to him, thanking him, exalting him above all things. And this goes right into my second point as to why we worship, and that is because God delights in our praise. Psalm 149, 3 through 4 says, Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. God loves our praise. He loves it so much. Um, I think some of us, you know, we've Maybe we've been in a situation where we've been praised or acknowledged for something good that we've done or for how awesome we are, and it feels good. I mean, like, it feels good. <laughs> I think all of us can agree it feels nice. You know, yes, like, tell me how awesome I am. Don't stop. Yes, keep it coming. Yes, I love this. I love this. <laughs> and I think all of us feel that way. But imagine how much more our God in heaven loves our praise when his own creation is acknowledging how amazing and how awesome he is and exalting him above all things, especially in the world that we live in today. There's so many things that are trying to distract us from him. But if we prioritize praising God, worshiping him, spending time in his presence and, and just giving him the honor and acknowledgement 
punishment that he is due, he loves that. And he loves it so much, the scriptures say, some of the translations say that he inhabits in the praise of his people. He loves to surround himself with our praise. He loves to bathe himself in our praise. Whenever we're worshiping, he loves to come down and just be amongst us as we're praising him. He loves it so much. And if it helps, think about how you feel when you're praised or acknowledged for something that you've done. And then I can't even imagine how magnified that must be for God and how he must feel that his own creation loves and praises him and acknowledges him. My third point as to why we worship is there is power in praise. There is so much power. We didn't sing it today, but there is a song that's usually uh, played in this, in this worship video um, called Champion, and it says, when I lift my hands, uh, what is it? When I lift my voice and sing, uh, now I forget. <laughs> I forget because we didn't sing it today. But basically what the song is communicating is that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. We have that power in our praise, in our worship. And first, under this, I have subpoints. I have many points today, so bear with me. <laughs> but um, for there being power and praise, praise brings peace. That is a bit of a tongue twister. Praise brings peace. Psalm 34, 1 through 4 says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. And here we have another word, extol. And extol means, we know what praise means, and extol means to praise enthusiastically. So you're not just praising, you're praising enthusiastically. <laughs> so that's very important for us to know and understand. But praise brings peace. I remember so many times when I was just struggling for whatever reason, or I was feeling defeated or anxious or whatever, and then the moment that I just enter into God's presence and I start praising him or thanking him uh, for how good he is and setting my mind on him, there's power in that. And through that, God will give me an overwhelming sense of peace. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to just our human fickle minds. But that's how it works. There's power in our praise. Power, uh, the praise can set us free from whatever it is that we're feeling. It can give us peace. It can give us joy. Second, when uh, there's power in praise, praise makes the enemy flee. Second Chronicles 20.22 says, As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the man, men of Ammon and Moab in Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. Here it says, As they began to praise, sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against their enemies. The Lord defeated their enemy as they began to sing and praise him. And when you praise God in the midst of your trials, he does something powerful. Remember, there's power in our praise. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of us. And so when we praise and when we put God above our trials, whatever it is that we're going through, God does something amazing. And he delivers us from the snares of the enemy. I have a few more examples uh, really quick, and some of you may know the example of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, and this is found in Daniel chapter 3. We're not going to read the scripture, but I encourage you, if you haven't read it, it's in Daniel chapter 3. Check it out. It's a pretty cool story, but basically... Uh, the king was furious with him, that these three guys, that they were worshiping God rather than the gods and the idols that he wanted them to worship. And uh, even though they knew the king felt this way, they were like, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to keep worshiping. And they did. And when the king found out that they were still worshiping, he was furious. And he had his soldiers uh, grab them and throw them into this incredibly hot, burning, fiery furnace. <laughs> and the fire in this furnace was so hot, the soldiers that were throwing them in, they caught on fire. 
But the three, these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because they were faithful in their prayer, in their worship, in their praise, God delivered them from this fiery furnace, and they came out untouched, not even their clothes caught on fire. And the reason because of that was because there was power in their praise and worship, because no matter what, they pushed through their trials of whatever was going around them. I mean, they were literally in a fiery furnace. Um, That's pretty extreme. And God still rescued them and delivered them because they were faithful in their praise. And in just a few chapters later, in Daniel chapter 6, we see the example of Daniel uh, being thrown in a lion's den. And again, I encourage you, if you haven't heard this story, check it out, Daniel chapter 6. But basically... There were these leaders in the country, and they didn't like Daniel. The king did, but they didn't. And the, uh, these leaders convinced the king to create this decree that said, in the next month, you can't worship anyone else besides the king. And then Daniel heard out about this decree, and he was like, nah, like, <laughs> I'm going to keep doing what I was doing. And so what he did was he got on his knees. He started praying and worshiping, and the leaders saw him doing that. And they told the king, and then long story short, they ended up throwing him into this den of lions, like lions. <laughs> um, I'd be pretty terrified if I were Daniel, um, just hanging out with a bunch of lions. Um, and they threw him into this pit, But the scriptures say that God shut the mouths of the lions, and that entire time that he was in there, they didn't touch him, they didn't scratch him, and the next day when they lifted him up, he didn't have one scratch on him. And I believe wholeheartedly that it's because of the power in their praise and worship that God delivered them, that despite their trials and what they were in, that God delivered them from their enemy because they were faithful to him in praise and worship. So there's power in praise because praise makes the enemy flee. And lastly, there's power in praise because praise refreshes and renews our spirits. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. When we're in his presence, like I said earlier, Peace takes over. When we praise God, when we worship him, and when we enter into his presence, no matter what's going on in our life, God fills us with peace. And not only that, but he refreshes and renews our spirits. Again, I can't tell you how many times I was, like, tired, I was in a cranky mood, um, and I just went into the Lord's presence, and he just completely refreshed my spirit and renewed my mind. And it was like night and day going into that time of prayer and worship and praise. Uh, I went in cranky, and I came out not cranky. (laughs) God gives us the joy of the Lord and he refreshes and renews our mind when we spend that time seeking him and going after him. And so that's why there is power in our praise. Going back to why do we worship? We worship because we were created to praise him. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I think it's incredibly important for us to understand that God created us to worship him, to praise him, and to have relationship with him. I know a lot of us get so caught up in, what's my calling? God, what do you want me to do? I fell into that trap growing up. Um, You know, you're in youth group, and you go to these, like, youth summer camps, and it's all about, like, God, like, what is God going to call you to do? What are you going to do for the rest of your life? And I fell into this trap that I was going to, like, receive this one word from God, and that was going to be, like, the one thing that I did for the rest of my life. And I, like, thought that, like, it was worship, you know? And it is. God has definitely called me to lead worship, and he's gifted me for that. I believe that wholeheartedly. But that's not just it. There's a greater calling in our life 
above anything that God can call us to do, and that is to praise and worship him, to spend time in his presence thanking him and just having relationship with him above anything else that God can call us to do. We have to remember that our number one purpose in life is to have relationship with Christ, and that is incredibly, incredibly important, especially because I know that so many can get caught up in, you know, what are we supposed to be, and don't get me wrong, that's important. You know, we should be seeking God and asking him, like, God, what, what, it is, what do you want me to do in my life? But first and foremost, we need to always remember that we were created to have relationship with him. We were created to worship him and to praise him for how awesome he is. And I believe, honestly, that when we prioritize that and when we realize that day after day, that through that, he will reveal everything else to us. And it's important for us to remember that, that we were created to worship him. And my last reason as to why we worship is because he is most worthy of our praise. Not only is he worthy, he is most worthy. Psalm 48.1 says, great is the Lord and most worthy of our praise. We all know, and maybe you don't know, that God sent his one and only son to earth as a baby to die on a cross for all of our sins. Thousands of years ago, he was thinking of you and me today on that cross, and he died for our sins so that we wouldn't have to deal with the punishments of our sin um, and suffer an eternal suffering. Um, instead, he saved us. He died on that cross to save us from our sins so that we could live eternally with him. Uh, and that alone, that's a big reason to give God all the praise. And there's so many other things that he does for us. On top of that, he, he answers our prayers. He cares about our day-to-day -day lives. God is so good, and he is so worthy of our praise. And not only is he worthy, we have to know and remember that there is no one else there is no one else who is more worthy of our praise than God is. He is most worthy of our praise, and that's why we worship him. And lastly, we're going to talk about how we worship. How do we worship? You know, we answered the question so far, what is worship? We answered, why do we worship? But now we're going to talk practically and answer the question as to how do we worship? And first, we worship with thanksgiving. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Psalm 104 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. If you don't know how to worship God or praise him, you can start with thanking him for how awesome he is, thanking him that he sent his son to die on the cross for you, thanking him that you woke up today and you have breath in your lungs and that you were given a new chance at life each and every day. There's a reason to be thankful for, even if it's just to be thankful that you're here today with us, that there's breath in your lungs, and that is the first way that we can worship. Second is we can sing to the Lord. Psalm 96, 1 through 2 says, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. And every Saturday, we sing songs. We sing songs to the Lord. But I just want to encourage all of us that not only should we partake and, and come together and sing together on Saturdays while we're, you know, while you see me at the piano, encouraging you to stand, lift your hands, as the meme shared earlier. You know, it's good for us to, to worship and to join in on that. But you don't have to stop there. You don't have to stop at just Saturdays is when you sing and you worship the Lord. You can worship the Lord on Sundays and Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays. I think you get the point that we don't have to limit our worship to just the singing portion on Saturdays. And we talked about in the very beginning of this message that worship isn't just the songs that we sing. It's a lifestyle. But... You know, when we sing, we can go home, we can put on maybe our favorite, you know, worship album. 
Um, you know, mine is, I am loving Elevation Worship right now. We sing a lot of their songs, <laughs> if you haven't noticed, maybe if you listen to Elevation as well. Um, and if you'd like recommendations for some good worship artists to listen to, I'd love to send some your way. You guys can shoot me a whisper or a Discord DM or whatever. I'd love to send some suggestions to you. But just spend time throughout the week. It doesn't have to be limited to the song time during service. You know, get, get alone you know, in a room, put on your favorite worship song, um, and just start worshiping God on your own. Enter into his presence on your own. You don't need me. <laughs> you don't need me to always lead you into worship. You can do so in the comfort of your home. Well, I know a lot of you are already doing it in the comfort of your home because online church, eh? <laughs> but you could do it on your own outside of Saturday, outside of when I'm leading you into worship. You could do it on your own. And even further than that, the scripture said, sing to the Lord a new song. You don't always have to default to singing the songs that are already written for you or the songs that we sing on Saturday. You can sing to the Lord your own song. Um, you know, and some of you are like, like, what? Like, how am I supposed to sing a song that's never existed before? And um, I've done it, you know, where I've just been so just overtaken by the presence of God. And in that moment, I'm just singing to him whatever's coming out of my heart. And it's a beautiful, incredible moment. And I encourage you, you know, the more you worship God and the more time you spend praising him, worshiping him, drawing closer to him, uh, I believe that God will give you a song to sing to him from the inmost depths of your heart that you can just sing out to him and have it be your own song unto the Lord. And even during Saturdays, you know, you don't have to be limited to the lyrics that we're singing. You can sing whatever comes to your mind. You can sing whatever. <laughs> but I think starting off, you know, and just listening to the lyrics and singing along to whatever it is that we're singing or whatever it is that you're listening to is a great start no matter what. Another way that we can worship is by raising our hands. Psalm 134, 2 says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. Lifting our hands does two things, I believe. I think it exalts the Lord when we just lift our hands and we put him up and we exalt him. We talked about what the word exalt means, and that means to um, hold someone or something in the highest regard and to glorify or praise them. And so we exalt God by raising our hands. It's a physical action of exaltation, I believe. And I also believe that raising our hands can be an act of surrender, where we just have palms up and we're just surrendering all that we have to God, allowing him and giving him the room to do whatever it is that he wants to do in our lives, in our hearts, in this moment, and for him to just lead and guide us. And I believe that it's powerful. I believe it's powerful when we surrender and when we exalt God by lifting our hands. And I want to say that you don't have to raise your hands. Um, I know maybe you feel differently about this or you grew up in a church where you don't raise your hands, and I want to just communicate that there isn't like a wrong way in a right way to worship God. These are all biblical examples, and you know, these are all ways that we can absolutely worship the Lord, um, but if you're not raising your hands, it's not that you're doing it wrong, and I want to make sure that that's communicated and that you guys understand that, and even further, I understand that some of you, like, you just don't have strength in your arms. Maybe you have something physically um, where you're just incapable of raising your hands for um, a period of time, and God knows. God knows, and he understands, but what I would encourage each and every one of you who are listening is, you know, if you're someone who doesn't raise your hands, I would ask why. Why, why not? Um, as we see, it's a biblical example of how we can worship and praise the Lord. And if it's simply because you're just concerned about what the person to your left or to your right will think of you, you know, then why not, why not give it a shot? You know, it's, worship isn't about what that person thinks or what this person thinks. It's about God. It's all about God. It's about giving God all the glory and honor that he is worthy of and drawing closer to him. And so if it's not meant 
you know, to be about the people that are around us, then why let that stop us from going a little farther and taking that step further in our worship with the Lord? And I believe that it's a challenge that, you know, if raising your hands has been something that you've held off on, to definitely just take some time and think about it. I don't believe it's a matter of, well, I'm introverted and I'm extroverted. I'm, in, I'm introverted. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm pretty introverted. And I raise my hands. Um, I, sometimes I go even, like, if, if, the, if the spirit is really just, like, I feel it and I'm just like, yes, like, God is here and I'm just going all in and I'm completely lost, I'll, I'll do more than raise my hands. <laughs> I'll jump around. Um, I'll sing, you know, my own song. Like, I'll just get completely lost in the spirit. And, and that's me. I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert, and I don't let my introvertedness be a barrier from taking my worship to the next level. Um, And I would also encourage, maybe you've come from a different denomination. Don't let that be a hindrance either. Think of what the Bible says, and I encourage you to ask yourself, um, you know, why is it that I don't? And again, you don't have to raise your hands. It's not like you're doing it wrong if you don't. But I encourage you, if it's something that you don't, think about why not. And if you don't have a solid reason as to why you don't, maybe give it a shot. Another way that we can worship him is by worshiping him in spirit and in truth. John 4, 23-24 says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. And what I want to encourage all of us today is let your worship be genuine and let it be true. I know we talked a little bit earlier that sometimes we can go through the motions, you know, where everything we're doing on the outside, it looks good, but on the inside, we're far from God, or maybe we don't mean it, or maybe we're singing along to the lyrics on the screen, um, and we're singing empty words, we're not really thinking about what we're singing, and we're not meaning what we're singing, or maybe while you're singing, you know, maybe you even have your hands raised, and you're thinking about what you're going to make for dinner when you get home. You know, the mind is interesting. It can do many things at one time. And I encourage you, when you worship the Lord, to put all distractions aside, to think about what it is that you're saying, what you're singing, what you're doing, and mean it and let it come from the inmost depths of your heart and let it be genuine and true. Another way that we can worship is by kneeling before the Lord in worship. Psalm 95, 6 says, Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. And we talked about kneeling in the Lord's presence last week. And just like raising our hands um, can be an act of exaltation, same thing with getting on our knees. When we get on our knees, it's another way for us to um, humble ourselves and lessen ourselves and acknowledge how great and how awesome God is. And it's an incredible moment. And again, I know some of us, it's physically just not possible for you to kneel. I mean, it hurts my knees, (laughs) and I don't have anything holding me back from kneeling when I worship the Lord. Um, But it's an incredible, incredible thing for us to do, to humble ourselves to the point of kneeling on the ground, face down, acknowledging that greater is he than me. You are so much greater than I am, and I exalt you, and I humble myself because compared to you, I'm nothing. And compared to you, I'm nothing. And I believe that when we do that, God does incredible things in our lives. And lastly, my very last point, (laughs) Uh, we should worship with every fiber of our being. We should not hold back in our worship to the Lord. Psalm 103.1 says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. No matter what it is that we're going through, we need to worship the Lord. And I wanted to talk today about worship being a spiritual discipline. Maybe you've never thought of it in that way, but there are times when genuinely we don't feel like worshiping. We are having a bad day, (laughs) and it's 
the last thing that is on our minds. You know, it's the last thing that we want to do is just thank God for how good he is. Maybe you're going through a situation and you're frustrated, or maybe you're pointing that frustration and blame to God. And so because you're feeling this way, the last thing you want to do is worship the Lord. And I think that that's why it's important for us to understand that worship is a discipline. Um, The definition of discipline is the practice of training to obey rules, a road of behavior, or commands. And we know that worship is a command from the Lord. We're, We're commanded in his word to do so. And God is looking for an obedient heart. And that's why I believe worship is a spiritual discipline, because sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's not our natural response to thank the Lord and to worship him and praise him for how good he is, especially when everything around us is going wrong. And that's why it's important for us to train ourselves as a, in, in, in this way as a spiritual discipline, that worship is a spiritual discipline. Some uh, song lyrics that come to mind when I think of this last point are, there's one song by Jeff Dale. We used to sing it in college. Um, our traveling worship team used to do it. It's an, it's an old song. If you ever listen to it, it's, a, <laughs> it's pretty dated. Um, it sounds like your typical like 90s worship band, but the lyrics are so great. So great, and I miss it, honestly. But the lyrics say, I will worship you. I will bless your name forever. Another song that we used to sing in college, the lyrics say, I will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times, at all times. And sometimes, you know, we find ourselves, you know, with worshiping a discipline when we just really don't feel like it, we're not in the mood. And we, we, we come at a crossroads, and we can do one of two things. We can allow our circumstances to hold us back from worshiping God and giving him what he is worthy and deserving of, or we can literally tell ourselves, no, no matter what it is that's going on in my life, I will bless the Lord. I will worship God. I will praise the Lord. And these song lyrics, they don't say, if I feel like it, I'll worship the Lord, or if I can, you know, I'll worship the Lord, or if I have time, I'll worship the Lord. It doesn't say that. It says, I will bless the Lord. And that sometimes we honestly need to do that. Sometimes we need to sit there and tell ourselves on the inside, or maybe outwardly, (laughs) you know, I will bless the Lord. Yes, I will today. I will bless the Lord. And kind of just commanding ourselves, I don't care how you feel. I know we're going through this or that, but at all times, I will bless the Lord because I'm commanded to do so. Uh, He is worthy of our praise. He is most deserving of our praise. And I'm not going to let my situation hold me back from that. Because remember, there's power in our praise. When we spend time worshiping and praising God, no matter our circumstances, there's power in that. And not only that, but I don't believe God is looking for our leftovers. I don't believe that God is looking for just like, oh, well, I don't feel like worshiping, but like I'll sing along, you know, I'll, you know, I'll do that. I don't, I don't believe that that is acceptable. I believe that God is worthy of everything that we have, and I don't think that we should just settle for handing him over our leftovers. I think we should get real and serious about our worship to God and give him all that we have. There's a famous, uh, maybe not famous, but well-known song. It's an older one, and the lyrics are, I will dance, dance, I will dance like David danced. And some of you will know that song. (laughs) It's an older one. Um, But what this is referring to is in the scriptures. um, It's found in 2 Samuel 6.14. David danced before the Lord with all his might. And when I picture this, I picture David looking like a complete fool, like, he's like giving his all before the Lord, and he is not holding back. Like, he's going all in, and, you know, I can imagine him not caring what this person or that person thinks of him. He's just giving it all to the Lord. He's all, with all his inmost being, with all his might, he danced before the Lord, and even if he looked like a fool, he didn't let that stop him. And so I believe that that's how we should approach our worship is that no matter what it is that we're going through, 
not only should we not let that hold us back, but we should always give all that we have. We should give our best to the Lord because that is what he is worthy and deserving of. And as I draw this message, oh, sorry, I'm breathing a lot into the microphone. I'm not used to having a mic taped to my face. Um, but as we kind of bring this to a close, um, I just want to end on a bit of a vulnerable moment. Um, for some of you, maybe it's been like an elephant in the room, like wondering if I'm going to like talk about it. Um, but some of you may or may not know that for the past almost three years, I've been struggling with voice issues, throat issues, and I haven't been able to sing. Um, well, I can sing, but it's not the prettiest. I'm cracking, I'm struggling, and because of that, we've had to resort to playing the same videos over and over and over again every Saturday. And maybe you've caught on that, you know, worship, like today, that wasn't live, that was a recording. And the reason because of that is I am having throat issues where up until now, the doctors didn't know what was going on and I'm working towards it and I do, you know, believe that I'm getting better. But um, it has just been a battle that I've been facing for three years and I'll be honest, um, it has really left me not wanting to worship uh, because I'm like, God, you know, why have you given me this gift? Why have you given me this passion only to take it away? And those are my true, genuine feelings to be completely vulnerable with you. I sit there and I'm like, why? Like, why me? Like, why this of all things? Like, I would rather have some sort of disease <laughs> than have my voice taken away. And it has been incredibly hard for me. And not only does it hold me back from wanting to praise and worship God and to sing to him, but literally while I'm singing, it hurts. And it's a struggle. And I can't get this song out like I usually would. And, you know, even with me, like I'm a soprano, if you don't know what that means is as a female, I sing high. And so that is what a soprano is. And that is where my range is. That's where I've always lived my entire life is in the soprano range. But I, I can't even touch it right now. <laughs> I can't go anywhere near my typical range. And the songs that I'm singing are in tenor keys. And again, tenor is a male who can sing high. And so I'm singing, which is low for, for a woman. And so I'm singing in these low keys and I'm frustrated and I'm like, this is literally a song that I've sung before, but like I've taken it down like five steps <laughs> and I'm like singing it so low and it's frustrating. It's so frustrating. And the days that I do lead worship live um, to record another video so that we can add that to the rotation, it's incredibly hard for me to come up here. Um, I'll be honest, it, it takes a lot out of me. I have a very short window as to when I can sing and then my voice and throat just shuts down and it's like, you've, that's it, <laughs> that's all you can do. And these are never things that I've ever struggled with before in my life. And there are times when I'll be up here and I'll be cracking and I'll be struggling and it hurts and then I get embarrassed. I am frustrated, I'm incredibly discouraged, and honestly, sometimes during a live worship set, all I wanna do is cry. Um, I've come extremely close, actually I have, um, in the past, during run-throughs and practice, um, the morning of, I've let it out, <laughs> I ended up crying. And sometimes, you know, while I'm struggling to sing through a song, all I wanna do is walk away from my keyboard and walk off the stage and out of frustration and embarrassment because I'm like, everybody's just hearing me crack and you probably heard it, um, especially in the first song we sang today. That's a big cracking song for me and uh, it's frustrating. But even despite all of this, I still push through because I know that I was created to worship. I know that God is worthy and deserving of my worship and that I should. It's a command. I'm commanded to do so. And so therefore, I don't let my circumstance hold me back. As hard as it is for me and as hard as I've honestly had moments with my husband where I'm like, I just want to give up worship ministry. Clearly, I'm not going to be able to 
come back and sing. So why let's just let's just get like let's just get this over with and just you know be done. You know, hire a different worship pastor. You know, um, and I've had those moments, and it's been really tough. But I don't let that hold me back. And so I want to ask you today if there's something in your life that is holding you back from worshiping, whether it's maybe you didn't understand what worship is or why we do it or even how to do it, or maybe uh, you are letting your circumstances hold you back from giving the Lord what he is deserving of. Whatever it is that's holding you back, I encourage you to sit there and just think and pray and reflect and remember what we talked about today and try to push through that. Because like I said, there's so much power in praise. There's so much power when we push through and we give God what he is worthy of. There's power in our praise. We were created to do this and he is most worthy and deserving of all that we have to give him. And so today what we're gonna do is we're actually gonna put this into practice and uh, we're gonna sing a song and, you know, we just talked about worship, we talked about what it is, why we do it, how we do it, and I want to give all of us an opportunity to put what we just learned into practice. And so, you know, maybe you're someone who doesn't really kneel before the Lord very often. Maybe, you know, you are quick to raise your hands and you're comfortable with that, but maybe, you know, you want to kneel before the Lord and praise and worship in that way. Or maybe you're someone who's never sung, or maybe you're someone who hasn't been raising your hands and you want to step out of your comfort zone and try that. I want to encourage all of us uh, to to do that and to put into practice what we've learned. So I'm going to invite everyone, whether you're watching online or here in person, uh, you can do this in your living room. You don't have to be here in person to stand and participate in worship. And so I encourage you, let's stand. Maybe if you feel like you need to kneel, um, if you want to raise your hands, please do that. And let's give God what he's worthy of. He's so worthy of it. And so I'm going to give you guys a few moments. Just, I'm not going to sing anything. I'm not going to say anything. This is just between you and God, an opportunity for you to draw close to him. And if you don't know where to start, start by thanking him. Start by thanking him and giving him the glory and honor that he is worthy of and thanking him for all that he's done in your life. So let's just press in. Let's worship God and let's seek him today. Sorry, Lord, for 
for ourselves that he's the master and we are his servant and we don't confuse the two. We, we, we don't twist them around and that's what the discipline of praise does in your life is it reminds you who the priority is. Our minds are most of the time probably 95% focused and consumed by the negativity of life and the discipline of worship, worshiping when you don't feel like it. Right now maybe you're here and right now maybe you're not having the greatest of weeks. Maybe you've got questions like my wife does about why. But the discipline of worship is so important because it reminds you that worship is not determined by the quality of your situation, rather by the quality of your Savior. And even when life is bad, He is good. And I'm so grateful that over the next 21 days, we're going to begin a journey of prayer and fasting. And I want to invite every single one of us to really, really ask God in our hearts, God, help me to go deeper in my relationship with you. But maybe for some of you, really the next 21 days isn't even about fasting. Maybe it's about beginning a journey right here, right now of saying yes to follow Jesus, acknowledging that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you and I, living a perfect life and died so that we could be forgiven. Not just you, but me and every single person on the side of my voice that we have sinned, but God loved us so much that he wanted to forgive us. So Jesus died on the cross, forgiving us of our sins, and three days later, rising from the grave, showcasing that he is God and that he is worthy of our worship, worthy of our surrender, that he is king of our lives. And I want to encourage you, even today, you can make a decision to begin a journey of following Jesus. The Bible says it's simple, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, it's gonna be a decision that you're making in your heart that no longer will I continue to live my lifestyle of sin, but I'm turning a new way. I'm going a different direction in following Jesus who is King and Lord of all creation. I wanna encourage you, if that's you today, making that decision in your heart is really where all of it begins. But as a church for the next 21 days, we're going to continue in this series of spiritual disciplines. And the whole purpose of lining this series up with 21 days of prayer and fasting 
is I want us to come out of 21 days different. I don't want to just stop a few things for a little while and then go back to doing them. The whole purpose of all this is asking God, draw me deeper in relationship with you. We've lined up the end of 21 days of prayer fasting to line up with the five-year anniversary of our church. I want to go into the second half of the decade, different people. I want the second five years to be more effective than the first five years, where you and I, we love Jesus more. You and I, we've humbled ourselves more, and we're going into the second half of the decade making a bigger difference for the glory of God. And I pray that over the past week, you've been thinking and praying about what God am I going to sacrifice for the next 21 days? Whether it's maybe doing something along the lines of food or maybe for a lot of us who spend hours a day scrolling through social media. I can be guilty of it too sometimes. Maybe for 21 days I'm saying, you know what, I'm going to replace that time with seeking God's face, praying and reading my Bible. So that over the 21 days I'm building some new habits that I'll carry into the rest of my life. And even if you haven't taken some time to think about it, it's not too late. We're starting literally in just a few minutes. I'm going to pray in a moment to initiate our journey over 21 days. And maybe you're going to be thinking right now and even today, what am I going to sacrifice? And I've challenged us to be thinking about what would be the most sacrificial for you? Because oftentimes what is most sacrificial is most beneficial. The bigger the sacrifice, the bigger you're made aware of your own need for God. And I want to invite you. 21 days, we're going to seek God's face stronger than we've ever done it before for the glory of God so that we're changed first and that we can go out and change the world. And I want to invite every single one of you right now, wherever you're watching in the world, join us in prayer as we, we initiate a journey together for 21 days and up to the five-year anniversary of our church of prayer and fasting. Let's begin together. God, we just ask you right now to help us. The next 21 days... God, they will be difficult, but oh God, we believe they will be worth it. Right now, Jesus, we just decide less of us, more of you. We are denying ourselves of our own desires, dying to ourselves, picking up our own cross, and following Jesus. And I pray, God, for supernatural moments to be taking place in the lives of every person in our community. We pray that God, people would start reading the Bible for the first time. We pray that people would begin to worship God even when they don't feel like it for the first time. And But God, maybe there's many of us, and at times myself included, who can just struggle to stay consistent with praying and reading the Bible every day. I pray that over 21 days, as we clear some other things from our schedule, we pray that God, we would make it a new habit and a new discipline in our lives to seek your face. And Jesus, we're not doing this because we have to. We're doing this because we love you. And so we just invite you on this journey with us, God, for 21 days. Help us. Give us strength. In the moments where we're weak and we want to go back to doing the things we're doing, remind us of the sacrifice, but also remind us of the benefit that we have the privilege to draw closer to you. And so God, right now, we just surrender control to you. We surrender our lives to you. And we thank you for the incredible miracles that you're going to do in the lives of our people over 21 days. We thank you in advance for the victory that people are going to gain over addictions in Jesus' name. We thank you in advance that spouses will be challenged to be better husbands and better wives over the next 21 days. And we thank you that, God, we're going to be full of your spirit and come out of these 21 days more effective with the gospel of Jesus Christ for the glory of God. And we thank you for what you're going to do in our lives. And as we begin today, 21-day journey. We thank you, Lord, that you're already with us, and we dedicate these 21 days to your glory. Jesus, we love you, we honor you, and thank you that we get to be your children. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated at this time. I'm super excited for the 21 days of, of uh, fasting praying. And uh, for me, I, I want to say something to you guys, something that Pastor Susie has said before. Uh, if you're fasting food or whatever you may be fasting from, from, if you're not replacing that with prayer, 
It's just a new diet. It's just a new diet. And so I encourage you, if you're fasting from food today, if you're fasting from video games, maybe fasting from social media, I I encourage you, make sure to be replacing that with time with God because it's going to be absolutely amazing. So I'm super excited for it. I hope you're excited for it as well. Today, guys, um, so some of you, maybe you guys accepted Jesus Christ today. And Pastor Susie was just giving the gospel of Jesus Christ before. And so maybe you accepted Jesus Christ today. I want to encourage you, if you did make that decision today, to put to put in the chat, exclamation point, next level, and click on that link. That will send you to a form that we ask you to fill out with as much information as you feel comfortable giving. That's going to be able to be able, it's going to allow us to be able to give you guys some resources. A lot of people, they just make that decision, and they don't know exactly where to go from there. They, they, may, they might think, um, you know, I don't know what this baptism thing is all about. I don't know where to start reading the Bible. How do I ask? actually pray. We want to be able to give you some resources, so definitely click on that link. Go get those resources, and make sure to reach out to the staff as well. We would love to be able to answer any questions that you have and be able to give you guys those resources. And guys, this is the reason why we do everything here that we do at God Squad Church, is be able to continue bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And something that is an act of our worship, we were just talking about worship. Pastor Amanda brought an amazing sermon to us today of acts of worship, and one of our acts of worship that we can do is to be giving to the Lord, be sacrificing to him. And so maybe you've been faithfully giving and we thank you so much for your faithfulness and generosity of giving to God Squad Church. But I I ask you guys today, maybe today is a day that God is asking you to give for the first time. And so we want to give you some multiple safe and secure ways that you can give to God Squad Church. You can do so by going into the panels below and clicking on the give link. You can also go to our website and you can customize it to any way that you see fit that works best for you. And then finally, you can also use text to give by texting any amount to the number 84321. But no matter how you are giving, we thank you so much for your faithfulness and generosity. And remember, every penny counts.